The sun shines, the wind blows, but for energy, we're still setting stuff on fire. That leads us to the inconvenient truth. Welcome to Tough Times with Lou Young, episode 10. I'm Lou Young. I'm here with uh, George Patonovic. George, how are you? I'm doing good, Lou. And Kevin Thomas. How's it going? <laughs> oh, great. And we got uh, Siddiqui St. Saint- George and Giro on the phone. How are you? Hi, Siddiqui. Hi, everyone. How are you all doing? Oh, great, 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 great. And uh, so, you know, it's all about, I said the sun shines. Not today. <laughs> not today, no. We're supposed to have a, what, a bomb cyclone, they call it, right? It, but it's not that bad. It's uh, snowing here, but uh, uh, we are getting accidents around, though. So since uh, since uh, we're a radio station and we're telling you uh, about the conditions out there, um, northbound Palisades closed at the thruway. Don't try that. Had to come up 303. Uh, accidents on the... Um, on 287 uh, on the um, on the Westchester side of uh, the bridge and uh, a lot going on there. It got slick quick and it went from rain to ice to snow and uh, so be careful. Saw guys in uh, SUVs looking surprised on the rail and uh, you know that's what always happens. Four wheel drive won't uh, stop your car. It'll get you rolling but it won't help you stop. All right, that's it. Um, all right, we want to start off talking today about solar energy about is it real yeah it's real it's real you can uh, uh, you can use it as an alternative it's actually there that's apparently the um, the situation we're in now uh, before we get to that I wanted to bring um, mr. st. George and Gira on and and talk to him about uh, uh, the uh, the climate activist that he brought to our attention that is uh, is not Greta Thunberg who is it uh, Siddiqui her name is Sophia Mafsor, and she is one of the youngest climate activists from around the globe. And she is one of the youngest climate activists from Canada. All right. Um, she, well, what, what was was Greta not young enough? I mean, <laughs> she's worked with Greta several times, but she started protesting earlier than Greta. She's been protesting for the environment. Since she was seven, when she marched across New York with her family, with over 300,000 activists in the People's Climate March. Wow. Two wow. years later, afterwards, when she was nine, she was passing out hand-drawn cards to members of the U.S. Congress in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. She was labeled as one of the first kids to lobby Congress. Wow. She's, All right. Well, yes, a lot. And the children shall lead us, they say. Um, you know, they'd say... Um... A generational thing, I think. Uh, the uh, the uh, awareness of this began when I was a young man, uh, fifty years ago, and uh, and we took care of some of the symptoms, some of the things that uh, you know, the dirty water, the dirty air, the um, the EPA was created, uh, but uh, we were aware of the cause, but didn't really get all the way to dealing with it. The cause, of course, is uh, greenhouse gases and the climate change. And now uh, we could be approaching the tipping point. Hope not. Listen, I'm going to, um, uh, uh, Sadiq, I'm going to play a little uh, Sophia Mathor here. The, the audio isn't great, but it's what I could find. And then uh, we'll uh, take a walk to the machine, okay? All right. Hello, my name is Sophia Mather, and I'm 14 years old from Sudbury, Ontario, Canada. 
My project is being a political lobbyist. I've been lobbying since the age of seven on Parliament Hill and then later on on Capitol Hill. Thanks to Citizens Climate Lobby, I've been able to get my message across to politicians, which is listen to the experts and cooperate. Along with that, I'm a part of a lawsuit with EcoJustice, which I'm suing the Ontario government for not taking enough action on the climate crisis. I think it's important that more youth get involved because we need more youth speaking out about this. It's going to affect our future. Yes, it is. Sophia Mathur, that's the uh, the, the youngest climate <laughs> activist that we know of, even younger than Greta Thunberg. And, uh, and you know, the, the wisdom of a young person is not to be dismissed. Let's take a walk, shall we? Let's go to the big machine. All right, let's walk over here and get the big door open and go on inside there. Now, we were talking about um, solar. Let's uh, flip on some of the uh, gauges here. Uh, solar... Uh, Panels down 70% in cost in the last decade, down 97% in cost since that time when uh, Jimmy Carter put them on the roof of the White House. All right, so they're cheap now uh, by comparison and a, uh, a reasonable alternative to burning fossil fuels. All right, so um, what do we do with that information, huh? Let's think about it. Here's the Beatles.
George Harrison and the Beatles. It's a George Harrison song. That's why I say it that way. Here comes the sun. On the line, we got Peter McCart, uh, who is the. Um, I always forget your title, Peter. What is it again? Uh, um, I am the director of energy conservation and sustainability for Westchester County. I work at the behest of uh, uh, our excellent uh, county executive, George Latimer. Okay, uh, tell me now. Um, uh, you knew about Sophia, uh, Sophia Mathur, didn't you? Did you know about her? Yes. Yeah. 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 It was. Um, you know. It was. Yeah, it's it's the youth. They get it. They, they're going to be living with it. We're going to be long gone, Lou. God yeah, bless us. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> and they're going to be living with it, so, so they're on it. So real quick, is, is solar yeah. real? Is solar real? Solar is extremely real. Um, I, I can speak uh, from my own experience. Uh, we've had it on our roof for two and a half years. We were we need to do some work. My wife's an architect, so we were waiting, and we did some work on our house, and we put solar up. We haven't paid one penny for electricity. Now, we... Um, uh, we pay $18 for the delivery costs, the uh, Kana delivery uh, fee, $18 a month for that. But I haven't paid uh, for electricity, Lou, not not, not a nickel. Wow. Uh, I mean, well, yeah. I, yeah, you have to lay out some, some money to get it on. Uh, yep. get it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a lot of incentives and there's a lot of, uh, you know, rebates and all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, savings and stuff. But uh, And then when we were, the, the solar developer who put the up there said it was going to, you know, it's going to take five years to pay it back. But we're on a much faster trajectory. It's uh, it's going to be about four years, just a little over four years. If the bills keep going up, it'll be paid off by the end of the month. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so anyway, exactly. Um, uh, yesterday we we uh, reached out to Con Ed. They were uh, gracious enough to uh, uh, give us somebody to talk to. Uh, Joe yep. White, who is their director of uh, solar projects, uh, spoke with us briefly. Uh, let's listen in, and I'll get your reaction to what he said okay. uh, after we're done here. Um, here he is, uh, Joe White. Joe, thanks for joining us. Uh, how easy is it, or how simple is it, for a customer at ConEd to start going solar, at least a little bit? Yeah, it's, the process is pretty simple to sign up. So we encourage all customers to go to conedcom solar or conedcom DG, D as in dog, G as in generator. And actually, you'll review the process of all the all the requirements, what forms are needed, and you'll see our link to our software system that you install called PowerClerk. From there, it really just takes you through a very similar uh, plug-and-play method of actually putting in all the data and information to actually get you started on the solar pathway for submitting your application. Most How much can you knock down your bill if you if you do that? It depends on your installation and how, what size system. Our average size ranges from 6 to 8 kW, depending on our regions. And so customers save anywhere from 10 to 20% of their bill based upon their, their solar array and solar distributions, what we've seen from feedback. Does it have to cost the customer money, or is there anything available that's for free? The application for customers that are 50 kW and less, which is typically our residential and small commercial, there's no application fee associated with that. Projects that are greater than that, up to 5 megawatts, are they have an application fee that is regulated by state mandate. So there is some uh, cost involved if you're really going to get serious. For large projects, again, those are mostly your large commercial and industrial type facilities, very, very big. For residential, most for residential, there is no cost to apply. There you go, Joe White, uh, Con Ed, uh, talking to us yesterday. We appreciate uh, the utility for uh, coming on. Uh, they, you know, after all, uh, they got to keep the lights on. Well, what do you think about what he said, uh, Peter? He said ten to twenty percent. Um, you did a lot better than that. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know where he's coming up with that. No, if there there are, um, it, it, sometimes your roof is not 
you know, situated, your house is not situated for it, or you live in an apartment or, or some other situation, you can buy into community, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, community solar, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, and that will save you 10%, but it's going to save you a lot of money more. You, you know, you do have to outlay. Like our system here costs uh, $17,000. Wow. And, um, but, you know, we pay a lot for electricity, and um, it will return. So it costs a lot more of that, but with the incentives and all, the out-of-pocket for us was 17000 And the developer takes care of everything, you know. Um, he, he did everything. He, you, know, you, don't, you don't do anything, you know. They, they set up uh, you know, the loan system, the whole nine yards, so. Peter, this is um, George. Do you have an idea what your kilowatt uh, usage is a month, roughly, or no? Yeah, yeah, um, twelve kW. About twelve. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Twelve kilowatts. All right. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Sounds yep. like a lot. I mean, I get kilowatt, megawatt, uh, gigawatt. Yep. I don't know. You know. Yeah, megawatt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with so with the county, we're working on two projects. One is a ten megawatt. That's uh, five five different facilities, uh, totaling ten megawatt. And then we have a second phase of our solar uh, program, and that's going to be upwards of around twenty five megawatts. But still, that's just you know nothing compared to in these really large installations. And then wind. You know, I know we're just talking about solar, but wind is the uh, the the big one. Yeah. So uh, uh, yeah. now that 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 energy you're generating, uh, that that those yeah. are for county operations, right? Yeah, just that's strictly for county operations. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we you know we use a, a lot of electricity with the uh, county facilities, mostly our wastewater treatment plants. They're the biggest uh, user. But you know we got a lot of different buildings and you know pump stations. You know all sorts of uh, you know facilities. My understanding is that uh, you can get them uh, so they uh, they feed the uh, the grid AC, mm -hmm. and then yep. you can get them with an inverter so that uh, if the grid goes down, you can take it off the grid and and and, and uh, go directly to your your uh, domestic uh, usage. Uh, yes, that's correct. That's correct. And you know, and, and as you know, uh, I always say this from the graduate. There was the uh, the scene where the <laughs> the, the father talks to the to the uh, Dustin Hoffman character, and it says, you know, the future is plastics. plastics. It's really batteries now. Batteries. <laughs> is the future. Sadly, it was plastic. Look, we're, we're living with it now, you know? Yeah, yeah it's petrochemicals, plastics, right? Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. You uh, go. So, um, uh, you, well, you know, uh, uh, in the next um, half hour, we're going to have Annika Worcester-Jones from Solar One on, and uh, she uh, is part of a, an operation that provides solar power uh, to uh, affordable housing units, uh, apartment buildings. There so, you go. so that's, maybe that's you know, uh, like I always say, it's it's uh, it's expensive to be poor, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. That's why environmental justice, EJ, as we call it, it's a yeah. it's a big thing, and it's a it's an important thing. And I, I I do just want to throw in one more more thing. You can get solar on your roof without putting out any money. Now you're you you uh, you're not going to earn as much money in the long run, but you don't have to put up any front. That's a purchase power agreement where the 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 uh, solar developer gets the benefit of the electricity off and they pay you a fee basically they rent your roof uh, so there's no upfront money and all that if you you know if you, you don't have the ways or means but you still want to do it and, you, and it's cheaper electricity now you generate more power than you use am i correct that's correct that is correct and they um, uh, con ed credits our account and and then we use that to pay our, our gas we still have uh, gas heat and then uh, you know uh, heated gas heated water now people so, have been uh, do people who've been doing this a long time used to get a check but they don't do that anymore. Well, I, you know, I, I don't know about that. I just, I can, I don't know about that. Well, that's I a kind of say in our anyway, case. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm not uh, saying it's not true, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That, yeah, they said uh, yeah, some. They are. They do mail some checks out from people who've been doing it a while, but they don't. New customers are uh, get the credit. And there's some concern. I was talking to some folks who say that uh, some people just the credits are just piling up like the uh, the unused uh, miles in your account or whatever. Well, you know, that that's account. the way ours was. I actually called them up. I said, look, and I had like thirty five hundred dollars in my, uh, you know. Uh, and now they're drawing down against our gas. I think they we were on a level payment uh, program, yeah. so they were still trying to figure out like what the heck, where's all this electricity coming from? You know, so yeah, um, yeah it's, it's it's evening out now. All right, uh, uh, tell me now about. Uh, I know you're big on uh, electric vehicles, and, and, and before, oh, buddy. <laughs> before we let you go, I mean, I always think about when I see a, um, and, I, and again, I never, never go out without seeing electric vehicles anymore. Usually, yep. several. Sometimes, um, I think I've, I've seen as many as five at an intersection. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I was behind one coming up 303 uh, here in, in in the snowstorm, and I, you know, and uh, I was right behind a Tesla coming up, uh, uh, coming up the uh, the road here. Uh, they're normalized, and they store electricity. So when you look at a, a, a highway full of cars, you're looking at a lot of stored electricity. I mean, th- that's that's, right. that's, a, that's kind of a way out, isn't it? It is, you know, and, and where it really comes into play is with the, the electric school buses, because the school buses are only used to come, you know, you get twice a day, and then a lot of the time they just sit there. So they're great for emergency uses, and the batteries on those are huge, you know, you can match, and they're just massive to, you know, get them up hills and all that weight and everything. So the batteries on those are, and um, that's what's being used. So White Plains has five electric school buses, and um, we had a um, uh, we had a conference recently, and um, electric school buses is a thing. They're great because they, had, they don't put out all those fumes. They're sitting there, you know, they can sit there and idle, basically, but not, you know, running all the fumes where all the kids are, um, you know, sucking it in. And it's a good thing. Yeah, you know, I, I, when I used to go on field trips when I, was, I lived on Long Island, we'd go into the city, and I used to find the, 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 the bus fumes were like a, a, yeah. a, an excitement. It was exciting time. If you could smell bus fumes, you know something good was going to happen. But I guess that's <laughs> like you, you, were, you were in the city or something. Yeah, yeah. Pavlovian. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know, I'm, I'm, I'm wandering here now, but we used to go to the right. Museum of Natural History, and we'd, you, you know what we do, uh, Peter? We'd bail out and ride the subway because the subway was so much more interesting than the Museum of Natural History. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> In any yeah. event, so, uh, yeah, EVs, uh, it's, it's, all, yeah. it's all happening. It's all happening. It's all happening. There's so many more electric vehicles. That's that's one of the quandaries. That's what we have. So we have an electric vehicle. We have a we have a plug-in hybrid. So it's a plug-in. Uh, I get about um, almost 30 miles on a charge. I, I work eight miles away in White Plains. I live in East Chester, so they can get me back and forth four times. And um, every night I charge it. Con Ed has a great charge program. It's called Smart Charge, and they actually basically if you charge your car from 12. Uh, midnight to 8 a.m., they will pay you um, a, a, a pretty good amount. It, it, it certainly covers my electricity cost for my If you charge your car, they will pay you? It's called Smart Charge. Look oh, it up. It's, it's an amazing during program. Hours, right? During the off hours? Yeah. yeah. Right. They're, they're trying to shift everybody to the off hours. So, I get know, it. Oh, they, wow, wow. And yeah, it's much cheaper to run, uh, you know, yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah. now, now uh, and before we let you go, uh, t- tell yeah. tell us about the what you see the big picture downside of, of the of these uh, the battery situation because that's you know lithium lithium yep. mines uh, it, yep. it, nothing's 
It well, it's not. It's not. They recycle. Risk-free. They recycle yeah. the batteries. I mean, they they take them apart and they take the elements out and they and they use the batteries for other purposes. So, in a car, you want it to be highly efficient. You know, you want to you want it to be ninety percent or eighty percent. Where, but they could use those batteries for other purposes, and they also recycle them. They they take them apart and they take the elements apart and 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 say what they can. So. They have a lot of purposes, you know. And what's the mileage uh, expectation for uh, an electric vehicle? Well, that that varies greatly. You know, they have um, some are getting up to 500 miles now, but it, it depends on the size of the battery. It's, no, it's what, no, no, I mean, I mean, like you know, life like expectancy. Uh, life expectancy. In other words, uh, you know, it used to be oh, like oh, a yeah. hundred thousand yeah, yeah, miles yeah. is a lot, right? Well, that's exactly what I was saying right there. It was like they lose their efficiency. You know, they lose their capacity. It goes down, but it still has. You know, still like 70, 80 percent, you know, and but that's after a long time. That's like 10, 12 years. You know, that's like the time of, you know, vehicles start falling apart. Someone so. told me someone told me that they can they can hit a half million miles without uh, without too much problem. No, there you go. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. yeah All right, well, there you go. I mean, so, so, you know, uh, White Plains Mayor Tom Roach, <laughs> he's got a, a very old electric vehicle. He's got two. He's the biggest electric vehicle guy. He knows where all the charging stations, the fast chargers, mm-hmm. and, and all this. He's really into it. I saw him last night. And he's got an old electric um, BMW. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's really losing its capacity now. So it, he's only getting, I think originally it was like 125 miles on a charge. You know, at yeah. that time, that's very small. Now they're up to, all, almost all cars are over 200 miles on a charge. And, and now he's only getting like 80 miles yeah. on a you know, charge. So they lose their uh, ability. But, you know, he's not going to throw the car away. It's but but car. you can you can tell, right? You can tell that it's... Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, 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 definitely. You can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's a long time. I mean, he's had this car for like 16 years or something. I don't really know. Oh, it's see. really old. Uh, you know, the, and the other day on the on the highway, uh, I saw um, what looked like a, a, an old Tesla. I, it wasn't really old, but, the, the you know, the, the paint yeah. was faded a little bit. It looked like, a, you know, I, and I said, oh, well, I guess that's that's they're starting to normalize, you know? There we go, and and there, like I said, uh, there's so many more models coming out. We, um, you know, we, I'm a big guy. You're a big guy. We're big guys, you know. And I, I some of the cars are just, I just, they weren't a good size for me, and I couldn't afford a, a you know, one of the, like the Tesla X or some of these, yeah, uh, you know, like Jaguar's got a, a beautiful SUV electric. It's just, it's amazing, uh, but I can't afford that, you know. So uh, it's funny that what I can afford and also uh, be of a good size for me. So we got a Kia Nero, and it, you know, it's up off the ground. I don't want to like roll out of the car to, yeah. to stand up, you know, that sort of thing. So, and and then and uh, there are more models coming out. That's my point. And what's your a feeling lot. about, let's say, the Chevy Volt or the Nissan Leaf? Great cars. The Nissan Leaf is a classic for me. It's just I'm a big guy. I'm six four. You know, it's like mm-hmm. for me to get out of the car. It's just uh, it, over and over and over. It's just you know not not good for me. But great, great car. Very affordable. Um, you can get them for under twenty thousand dollars. A full electric uh, car, great car. And what was the other one you mentioned? Uh, the um, the Volt, Chevy Volt. Uh, well, look, Kat, Kat, our friend Catherine uh, Parker has one. Yeah, yeah. So there's the Volt with the V, and there's the Bolt with the B. The Volt is a plug-in hybrid, like what I have, my mm-hmm. my Kia Nero. And then the Bolt, we've got uh, a lot of Bolts um, in the county. So we have, I, I think, well, like forty of these. Uh, bolts and those are full electric and they actually I have one um, uh, I'm, I'm going to pick up one once the snow kind of settles I may go tomorrow pick it up and I'm going up to Albany uh, and I'm going to take an electric uh, bolt up there 
It, those, those are great cars. In but the cold, in the cold uh, pe- people are saying, oh, they don't work so well in the cold. Well, they don't work as well, but they still work. Yeah, exactly. Oh, they work just, just fine. They're just, you know, you lose a little bit of your, uh, your range, yeah. you know. But, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, good, 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 good. Well, we started out talking yeah. solar, and we ended up because uh, yeah. I know you're so into <laughs> that. Could be my favorite story, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, um, and, I can talk EVs all day. And so, so uh, do you? Uh, uh, do you think it's wise for municipalities to all go into the solar power generation, um, uh, as Clarkstown has done, uh, as uh, as the county is doing? That 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 if everybody did that, uh, when the grid goes down, at least our government operations would all be up and running. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And we have emergency backups for everything, you know. Um, uh, and then, again, back to batteries, you know. We need to, because, uh, you know, solar and wind are intermittent energy. You don't, you know, they don't, you know, it's, it's not, the wind's not blowing. You're not creating electricity, you know. At night, we're not creating electricity. Mm-hmm. So batteries are, are, are key to that. All right. Hey, is Siddiqui still on the yep. line? Yep, I'm still here. Okay. You got any questions, Siddiqui? Uh, no questions. I was just listening to solar. And um, the fact that it's real, and I was thinking about that because my grandparents have had solar for years and years. Now. Really? Yeah, they've had it. I think since twenty twelve. I want to say. Wow. I think later than twenty twelve, but around around that time. So their whole house is powered by solar. And, and where do they live? They live in Maryland. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Well, it, it, it's happening. So let's, you know, let's just, I, I guess what I'm trying to say to, uh, to folks, uh, Peter, Siddiqui, uh, Kevin, uh, George, is that people should uh, should think about these things and not think that we're just tied to setting things on fire. That, that that's, um, that, that's, that's, what, that's what, when you think about the marvel of, a, of an internal combustion engine, uh, it's just so, um, uh, like if you were starting from scratch, <laughs> it would be the most unlikely creation you would make. Yeah. <laughs> What's your idea? Your idea is to pour this flammable liquid into a machine and it, uh, cause explosions, yeah. <laughs> and it'll make cylinders go up and down. The cylinders will then turn a crank, and the crank will then turn a bunch of other things, and you'll generate electricity, and then you, you know, I'm like, what? You know, and, um, and the electric car has one-third the parts, right? Oh, I think it's much less than one third. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, look up if anybody's there near a Google machine. Uh, type in your Google machine "electric vehicles in New York City." New York City was that. That's the the first vehicles were electric. This is back at the turn of the century. And I'm talking about 1900. Yeah, uh, electric vehicles all over New York City. There were charging stations everywhere. Look it up. It's fascinating. There's a picture of, Tom, of, of Thomas Edison leaning on one. All right, uh, we're going to we're going to wrap it up in a minute, but we got a we got a caller here uh, who may have a question. Who's that? Annika. Oh, okay. Well, that that's actually our our, our next segment. So sh- so we'll, we'll 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 wait wait on that. And um, uh, Peter, thank you so much uh, no uh, for for, Anytime, for, spe- for spending time with us. I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate the work you do in Westchester County, and and your expertise. And uh, and, and and thank you thank you so much. We'll. Uh, Oh, thanks for doing this, Lou. I really, you know, bringing awareness to everybody. That's part of the part of the job, you know, okay. advocacy and and uh, you know, bringing awareness. We'll thanks see. You, we'll see you around. Hey, listen, no, this, stick around though for for for, for this, this this song. I love this song. I found this. I have a um uh, uh, an ecological playlist. Right. This is <laughs> this is a song called "I Had a Dream I Was Falling Through a Hole in the Ozone" by Delight. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to take that to break. We'll be back in a minute. This is uh, Tough Times with Lou Young, WRCR, WRCR.com.
Hudson Valley News, informative programs, and your favorite music. We're Radio Unscripted, AM 1700, WRCR, and WRCR.com. Weather. Across the lower Hudson Valley, another beautiful day. Mid-40s and partly to mostly sunny skies. More clouds later in the afternoon. Overnight, cloudy skies, lows near 30. And late tonight, or even before daybreak, it could be some snow showers. Otherwise, occasional light snow will be developing, especially during the mid-morning and late morning on Saturday. Accumulations one to three inches. 
but a drastic increase in accumulation as you go to the north and west. Of course, northern Vermont and the Adirondacks and parts of central New York, it could be over a foot of snow or even 18 inches of snow. So it's a drastic difference in the snow accumulation. Latest Saturday, just mostly cloudy, increasingly windy, temperatures in the low 30s, only near 30 degrees, a real winter day on Sunday, and very windy, winds gusting over 40 miles an hour times, and partly sunny skies. And Monday, just a sunny, windy day, a much warmer highs in the mid-40s, and a big moderation in temperatures in the low 50s by Tuesday and Wednesday. For AM 1700 WRCR, this is meteorologist Mark Haddock. Up-to-the-minute weather information is always available on the WRCR website. Day or night, when you want the weather, check our website at WRCR.com. And the current temperature is 31. Welcome back. Tough times with Lou Young. Uh, um, a little chilly out. A little chilly out today. We wanted to uh, uh, update your uh, weather there, uh, what Mark was saying about the uh, snow accumulation. Apparently, um, we might not get that much. I'm looking outside now, and although it is snowing, and we got an, a lovely covering in the trees here, um, that bomb cyclone may be, a, may be a dud. I don't know. What do you think, Kevin? Uh yeah, I don't know if it's a bomb cyclone, polar vortex, uh, <laughs> bomb vortex. The bomb, sure what's the, next? The, the bombogenesis. Who bomb knows? I don't. You know, I don't. I I, I get confused. Yeah. Um, any event, uh, on the phone here um, from uh, Solar One, Annika Wistar Jones, and uh, she. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. Annika, where, where are you? Where are you uh, sitting right now? Where Where's your locale? I'm sitting in my apartment in Harlem, New York City. We have um, some combination of freezing rain and snow. It's it's pretty gross. <laughs> oh, there you go. All right. So um, uh, this is so the sun's not out, um, uh, but hopefully, uh, on the projects that uh, you've helped, uh, the batteries are uh, are cranking away. And uh, tell us what you do. I mean, because um, we had Peter McCart on uh, last uh, last half hour, and he talked about how. Uh, they were able to lay out seventeen grand and get some money back, uh, you know, in, in rebates and all that. And and he hasn't uh, paid an electric bill in two years. And uh, but you know the, the the deal is that sometimes money makes money, and it's poor to be it's expensive to be poor. And uh, so you you have a, a possible solution to that at least as far as solar goes, right? Yeah, exactly. I think Peter showed um, precisely the the trajectory of solar around the country. Um, initially in, you know, the 70s and 80s and 90s, only very, very rich eccentric people went solar. And then um, in the, the 21st century, it became more possible for, for normal people, for middle-class people to be able to put solar on their roofs and actually save money. Um, even Peter mentioned doing a, a power purchase agreement where you can go solar without actually outlaying any money up front so you can um, start saving money immediately. Um, the problems with that is that it only really works if you, A, own your own home and, B, have, you know, a decent credit score and there's lots of um, restrictions. And so it really excludes low-income people and um, people who live in uh, multifamily apartment buildings. And so I work for a nonprofit called Solar One, 
And one of the things that we do is technical assistance for affordable housing to make it just as easy for people in New York City in these big apartment buildings to go solar and actually get the benefits as someone like Peter, who's you know clearly been benefiting from it for years. Um, and I want to tell our uh, listeners, uh, 845-429-1700 is the call-in uh, number. If you've got any questions uh, for uh, anybody, uh, uh, Annika, uh, George, me, uh, Kevin, comment to make. Uh, if you want, we'll call Peter back, ask him a question, whatever you want. Um, uh, 845-429-1700, uh, call in. Annika, tell us about uh, at least... Um, an example. Give us an example of what you've done and uh, the size of the project and uh, and how the people who live in it um, experience it. Sure. Yeah. So there's one um, affordable co-op. It's a it's a low income co-op where the the people who live there are income restricted, and they were able to do a combination of um, solar and heat pumps. So they were able to. Um, increase the, the you know, livability of their apartments, replace their air conditioners with, uh, with heat pumps to cool in the summer and provide a bit of warmth in the, in the winter to reduce their gas consumption. And because heat pumps run on electricity, they offset that with solar. And so much of them are saving up to 50% on their electric bills by doing this um, shared solar array on their roof. Um, and they were actually the first um, cooperative building to do solar um, where it's shared between many different people. It's something you see a lot um, in, in Rockland where there's a big solar field, right, and that's shared among many people mm-hmm. who just have a, a small slice of that. Um, but you can also do that on multifamily buildings. Um, it's a little bit more complicated, so that's where we come in. Um, but you can share it among all of the apartments in the buildings and allow everyone to benefit from the solar. So what happens? They get a bill from Con Ed or they get a bill from you? What, how does it work? Yeah, in that case, they actually paid for the system up front from their, from their building's you know, reserve account. And they, uh, they get, everyone gets bills from the Con Ed, but it's much lower than it used to be. So they're all just receiving um, you know, that savings on their bills. For, uh, for community solar where it's somewhere else, um, the, uh, you know, that big field, it's, uh, it's supposed to be that you get one bill and you get the savings on the bill and then you, um, you pay a, a small percentage. Um, you, you get some savings for the community solar that you, um, that you receive. So you get a certain number of credits and then you pay, say, um, 90% of that. So you get an automatic 10% discount on the, um, on the solar credits that you receive. Um, and Con Ed is supposed to do... Um, that all-in-one bill. I don't think they've successfully rolled that out yet. So um, it's it's one of the things that we're hoping they'll do very very soon. It's a, about a year delayed, but um, that is I think true in both um, the like New York City market and the Orange and Rockland, um, which is managed by the same authority. And Orange Orange and Rockland is a uh, wholly owned subsidiary subsidiary yeah. of Con Ed, so we need to point that out. And the example that you gave um, in the co-op, this is George, the, um, did, uh, did that energy get put back out on the grid so they were all getting credited, or was it stored and, and used on site? Yeah, so the way that solar works for pretty much everyone is a, a combination of both. It's called net metering, okay. where um, during the day when you're not using that much energy, you know, you don't have the lights on, you send a lot of the energy back out to the grid and you get credit for that. 
but then you use those credits on the same bill. And so, um, in effect, it's, uh, it's all used in one place. It all reduces your bill. Like Peter was saying, um, he's, you know, reducing his electric and his gas bill, but it's all still on that one electric bill. Um, he doesn't get a check. But, um, but it's not uh, – the electrons don't only stay inside the building. They also go out to the neighboring buildings, and they're used so in the you're, able, you're able to share the benefits among multiple families as opposed to exactly. a single-family home. And, mm-hmm. and, and the, um, uh, the uh, compensation from Con Ed is in the form of credits? Yeah, it's kind of a one-for-one credit. So um, pretty much uh, the, the amount that you send out uh, is, is more or less to what you would have paid Con Edison if you had, um, if you had just bought it from them in the first place. Now, do, do people get in the position where they have the, a credit that keeps building up and, and they can't redeem it? Does that happen? Sometimes. Um, that's one of the things that we help people with is figuring out how to size the system mm-hmm. so that it's exactly the right size for them. Um, but that's definitely something to keep in mind. You know, if you're thinking of doing a lot of efficiency measures, if you're going to you know, switch out all your light bulbs and switch to high efficiency appliances, then you might want a smaller system and, you know, plan for the future. Or if you're planning on, you know, switching your, um, you know, gas heater to an electric heater or uh, electric hot water, then you might want a larger system to be able to prepare for that in the future. Because yeah, right now I think the, the law is written so Con Ed doesn't cut checks anymore. Correct. Yeah, only the, the first brave souls were able to get checks. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe, well, we could change that, right? I mean, I, I would think, but that probably messes with their best business model. They wanna, don't want to go there. Uh, yeah, no, Con Edison is not in favor of paying other people. Um, usually they, they like it when it goes the other way around. <laughs> oh, I got it. All right. So, uh, yeah, well, whatever. You know, it's not uh, not everything goes their way. We can uh, we can maybe get them on to talk about that at some point. Uh, uh, so um, the how many how much juice are you guys generating? Let's, let me put it that way, because uh, when I was talking to Con Ed, they say in all, in all of Westchester and all of New York City, um, uh, the people who generate uh, electricity through uh, solar um, could supply a 12 square block of Manhattan. And while that's impressive, it's it's not you know a lot when you look at the big picture. So how much do you how much uh, juice do you guys make? Yeah, so we um, we don't you know develop things. We're we're just helping people mm-hmm. develop their own system. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have helped uh, develop in in New York City um, about twelve megawatts of solar capacity um, on uh, about seven hundred different buildings um, that that are wow. either already built or in progress. Seven hundred um, so buildings. Yeah. Wow. Many, some, some of them are, you know, single-family homes in, um, in Brooklyn. Some of them are uh, big uh, apartment buildings. Some of them, um, one of the, the really impressive projects that we worked on was a uh, community solar project on um, NYCHA campuses that included workforce development, so making sure that NYCHA residents were able to do some of the work that was actually building the panels mm-hmm. and the, the benefits was spread around um, low-income households in the city, mm-hmm. um, so lots of different types. All right. Well, you know, you know, George is nodding his head when you said 12 megawatts. So apparently, he he knows what that is. That's a lot, right, George? Yeah. Well, you, uh, you, you know, Peter was talking about um, before saying 50 kilowatts is considered residential. I'm assuming when you do apartment building, 
So say a single, I know you were, you were counting all the different properties that you worked on. Um, but if you do apartment buildings, what are we talking about? You're not talking about 12, you're not talking about 50 kilowatts. You're talking about a much larger amount, right, to service those families? Yeah, so um, I think a, a pretty standard solar system on a, on a house is about 5 to 7 kilowatts right. okay. um, that would cover, you know, a person's usage. On a multifamily apartment building, maybe, you know, 20 to 50 units, I'd say um, 50 kilowatts is a, is a reasonable amount that you could see on the roof. Um, and, uh, you know, if you think about it, apartment buildings have many households stacked on top of each other, so you're never going to be able to fit enough solar on an apartment building roof to cover 100% of everybody's electricity usage. Um, but you can cover, you know, the common area costs, the elevators, the laundry rooms, the hallway lights, that sort of thing. Yeah. Or like that co-op I was talking about, you can cover a portion of each person's electricity bill and bring down everyone's bill a little bit. Um, but it's not not usually going to cover 100%. Great. We got a question on the line here. Uh, caller, uh, where are you calling from? Hello. Hello. How, how are you? Hi. What? Yes. Uh, I'm calling from New York, Brooklyn. My name is Tatiana. And it's been fascinating to hear what Annika has been sharing so far. All right, uh, where are you calling from again? I'm Brooklyn, sorry, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Okay. Well, well, well tell us, um, uh, tell us what your question is. Absolutely. So um, I have a question about the uh, demand trends uh, specifically. Um, do you feel that the demand in solar has been increasing and how rapidly? And I was wondering if the pandemic has had an impact now that more people are staying at home and apartment buildings uh, are um, have increasing bills in electricity, if that made an effect yeah, on good, the demand. Good point. Good question. What, 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 yeah. do you, what, do you, what do you know, Annika? Absolutely. Yeah, I think demand has, has really increased during the pandemic. Um, that's increased for single-family homes. 2020 was actually the, the biggest year for solar, even though we were in the middle of a pandemic. And that was a lot in large part because people were thinking about doing, you know, home renovation, those things that they've been meaning to do for a long time. Um, in New York City, that's compounded by the fact that um, in 2019, uh, the city council passed uh, the uh, Climate Mobilization Act, which actually requires um, mid-sized and large buildings to have a, a cap on the emissions that they can produce and um, and then pay a fine for anything above that cap. So solar is a huge benefit to be able to you know reduce those fines for for multifamily buildings in the city. So it's a it's a combination of those things and demand has has definitely skyrocketed. Um, even though we're facing, you know, supply chain issues and, um, the, you know, the, the loss of some incentives, there's so much demand for solar because not only is it, is it you know, really clearly beneficial to, for people, everyone's seeing that, um, you know, like you were saying about uh, electric cars, it's become normal now. And so people feel a lot safer knowing that, you know, their neighbors are doing it and they've seen it on, on public buildings and it's a lot safer. Great. That's great. Answer your question, Tatiana? Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, listen, uh, uh, thank you so much, Annika. Hang on. Uh, we're going to take a quick break uh, and uh, come back uh, with a little more. Uh, the number here, folks, 845-429-1700 with any questions uh, or comments or uh, anything else about uh, solar energy, the climate change, or whatever else is on your mind. Uh, here's the Moody Blues. The sun is still shining.
Traffic, weather, and music you remember on AM 1700 WRCR and WRCR.com. Weather. Across the lower Hudson Valley, another beautiful day. Mid-40s and partly to mostly sunny skies. More clouds later in the afternoon. Overnight, cloudy skies, lows near 30. And late tonight or... Even before daybreak, it could be some snow showers. Otherwise, occasional light snow will be developing, especially during the mid-morning and late morning on Saturday. Accumulations one to three inches, but a drastic increase in accumulations as you go to the north and west. Of course, northern Vermont and the Adirondacks and parts of central New York, it could be over a foot of snow or even 18 inches of snow. So it's a drastic difference in the snow accumulations. Latest Saturday, just mostly cloudy, increasingly windy, temperatures in the low 30s, only near 30 degrees, a, a real winter day on Sunday, and very windy, winds got to go 40 miles an hour times, and partly sunny skies. And Monday, just a sunny, windy day, a much warmer highs in the mid-40s, and a big moderation in temperatures in the low 50s by Tuesday and Wednesday. For AM 1700 WRCR, this is meteorologist Mark Haddock. Up-to-the-minute weather information is always available on the WRCR website. Day or night, when you want the weather, check our website at WRCR.com. And the current temperature is 30 degrees. Welcome back. Tough times with Lou Young. We're talking solar. We're talking a lot about electric cars, too, and batteries, but solar. It all goes together, and it's all about what we should be thinking about. You know, I was... Um, kind of set off by all these folks who are saying uh, well you know it's all about fossil fuels and and we need to that's where you know you can't you'll never get away from it well no you never get fully away from it but you don't want to you know make it the future i mean i mean you know they're, they're talking about building 20-year infrastructure uh for fossil fuels yeah. uh, bad idea i don't know you know i i know it, it might come in handy now if we had a little more of this a little more of that but you don't want to build it now because it's going in the other direction it really is yeah. So, um, uh, um, Annika, are you still there? Yes, I am. And, and it is uh, Annika. It's not uh, Anika or? 
Annika. Annika. Okay, okay. We 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 just had a conversation. I just uh, had a had a panic that I was saying your name wrong the whole show, and you were too polite to correct me. So uh, uh, we were talking on the break here. Uh, you know, um, Joe White from uh, Con Ed at the top of the show uh, said that uh, there, if you're below 50k when you when you're setting up these uh, solar um, uh, systems, that there's no application fee. Above that, it's it's considered commercial, and there is an application fee. Uh, um, you, you had a, a question about that, George? Yeah. You did, when you start working on apartment buildings, you mentioned that even you could fit in um, fit within 50K multiple families. But is there a demarcation as you start to work on these that it starts to go into another category, and are the benefits less or more if you're below uh, say the 50k or whatever is there a line there that that that's, that that creates a benefit one way or the other yeah i i think the thing that um the the man from canada Sen was saying is not really something that that most people need to know about that's really just um on the back end the solar installer needs to either pay a fee or not pay a fee it oh, doesn't okay. really affect the price of the solar um there is a difference between um if you're a large commercial customer versus a residential customer um, and there's definitely less benefit for a large commercial customer. Um, and that's one of the things that, that we're hoping can get addressed in the future because, you know, that's any, any building with an elevator basically counts as a large commercial customer. And that's a lot of people in the city who have just as much right to, um, you know, to solar energy and the, and the savings associated um, as a as a walk up building or a single yeah. family house. So you're so. considered residential, but you're saying there are some physical restrictions in the way the building is constructed that might move it into a commercial category. Yeah, if you just use a little bit more energy, then you you know kind of flip into the next category. Okay. All right. You know, uh, and and real quickly, we want to uh, remind our viewers that if if you're thinking about solar, uh, th there is an outlay at the at the front, but but there's there's things you get back. There's federal tax credits. Um, there's a NYSERDA, NYSERDA uh, grants, and NYSERDA is N-Y-S-E-R-D-A. That's New York uh, State Energy Research Development Agency. A agency? Agency or administration? Agency. <laughs> um, uh, and, and, and they, they uh, uh, Con Ed and, and, and uh, Orange and Rockland, they encourage you to go to NYSERDA's site, check it out. And, and there's, a, there's also a, um, a New York State tax credit. And, and you can fill out a questionnaire, you know, how big, where's you, what kind of roof do you have, all this stuff. And, and, and they'll give you an estimate about what you, what, what you can do and what it can cost, and you can start the process. You can start to explore the process without doing it. It doesn't require um, a lot of effort. I mean, uh, did I get that right, Annika? Yeah, absolutely. There's so many options for solar these days. Um, you, can, you can do what Peter did and you know, buy it all outright. If you do that, then you get a federal tax credit, a state tax credit, that um, that NYSERDA upfront rebate, which pretty much just flashes the, the cost, you mm -hmm. know, gives you an upfront discount. Um, and then another option would be the power purchase agreement, which is kind of similar to, to like renting the panels. Mm -hmm. um, so the solar company owns the panels and, um, and you just pay at a discount for the energy that's generated. So it's automatic, immediate saving. Um, with no investment and the sunshine and, yeah and the sunshine is free exactly yeah <laughs> and then uh, the other option is the is the community solar which is kind of like that power purchase agreement but somewhere else um so in in a different part and i know that that's happening uh, a fair amount in rockland as well and that you know you don't even have to put anything on your roof sometimes you know if your roof is 10 years old and um, you're going to want to replace it in the next few years. You might not want to install something on your roof right now, 
So community solar is a really great option to be able to get the benefits of solar and support solar in your neighborhood, but uh, not put anything immediately on your roof. All right, all right. And you, you know what else is free, um, Annika? Is is the is the good news? The good news that we get from Kevin. Kevin Thomas tells us stories every once in a while to bring our to bring our uh, to bring our spirits, spirits up. up. And and he finds it. So he's going to tell us a story. You you, you want it? You ready? All right. Okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, so uh, Molson Coors announced this week that uh, six packs of their Coors Light brand would no longer come with the plastic rings. They are actually going to come up with a recyclable, sustainable cardboard alternative. And uh, it's part of an $80 million capital investment. They're doing a uh, uh, few things. Uh, for example, growing coarse barley in 10% less water, brewing beer in 22% less water, uh, restoring three and a half billion gallons of water to watersheds. And uh, they will also extend this to the 30 other brands of beer that they have as well. So uh, step in the right direction, at least. Drink more beer. I guess so. There you go. All right. Uh, 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 Save the sea turtles. Drink more beer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do I, uh, are, are you a beer person, Annika? Not, not so much, but <laughs> I love the idea um, because, you know, those images of, of wildlife being caught in the, in the six-pack wrappers is just so heartbreaking. So, yeah, so yeah. every little bit helps. There you go. Um, right. The solar ones works with nonprofits. Now, uh, how did the nonprofits benefit from, uh, from the – there's no tax benefits for them, right? Is there a, a different path that they take in terms of benefiting from the solar? Yeah, it is very frustrating. The way that the tax credits are set up, you have to pay taxes to get tax credits, which means that any nonprofit organization or even a person who doesn't pay taxes, you know, low-income people, seniors, veterans, they can't take the, the same tax credits. Um, so, you know, what we do is try to find creative financing solutions, ways to um, get something, but the, the fact is that they just don't get as much benefit. So one of the things that um, we're, we're hoping is that um, there's, there's some movement in Congress um, to uh, pass some, some portion of the Build Back Better plan that uh, is just for um, investing in, in solar and other renewable energy. And one of the things that is part of that um, would be making those tax credits refundable so that nonprofits, low-income people, veterans can actually... It's kind of insane that um, the people who need the tax credits the most are not eligible for them. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the way it always goes, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, Annika Wissar Jones, thank you so much with Solar One. Um, if you'd like, you can hang around and and talk to us after after the service because we, you know, what we have coming up. We have uh, Reverend Billy and the Church of Stop Shopping uh, after the break. Um, uh, I'm gonna, but we, but before we go to the break, we can play the song, can't we? All right, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna uh, 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 we're gonna go to. Uh, uh, throwing stones from uh, the Grateful Dead uh, because it's a you know it fits the theme and uh, and then we'll take a break and then we'll be back with Reverend Billy and the Church of Stop Shopping in a minute. All right, this is uh, WRCR WRCR.com. Tough times with Lou Young. Picture a bright blue ball just standing. 
1700 WRCR Haverstraw. Weather. Across the lower Hudson Valley, another beautiful day. Mid 40s and partly to mostly sunny skies. More clouds later in the afternoon. Overnight cloudy skies, lows near 30. And late tonight or even before daybreak, it could be some snow showers. Otherwise, Occasional light snow will be developing, especially during the mid-morning and late morning on Saturday. Accumulations one to three inches, but a drastic increase in accumulations as you go to the north and west. Of course, northern Vermont and the Adirondacks and parts of central New York, it could be over a foot of snow or even 18 inches of snow. So it's a drastic difference in the snow accumulations. Later Saturday, just mostly cloudy, increasingly windy. Temperatures in the low 30s, only near 30 degrees, a, a real winter day on Sunday, and very windy, winds got to go 40 miles an hour times, and partly sunny skies. And Monday, just a sunny, windy day, a much warmer highs in the mid-40s, and a big moderation in temperatures. It's in low 50s by Tuesday and Wednesday. For AM 1700 WRCR. This is meteorologist Mark Haddock. Up-to-the-minute weather information is always available on the WRCR website. Day or night, when you want the weather, check our website at WRCR.com. And the current temperature is 30 degrees. Radio Unscripted, AM 1700 WRCR and WRCR.com. 
Welcome back. Tough times with Lou Young. Uh, we're in the uh, 2 o'clock hour now and uh, queuing up here for a little, uh, a little uh, earth religion, a little, a little faith. We're going to talk to uh, Reverend Billy. Reverend Billy Talon and the church has stopped shopping. He's got an episode here. Um, I'm not, well, I guess you could say this. Schmucks run the world. <laughs> yeah, Eco Riot Radio, Reverend Billy and the Church of Stop Shopping. I feel like all issues come finally to peace. All art, religion, and politics are waiting to be rediscovered within a notion of peace. How can I spare you? How can we walk by each other from opposite ends of a long hallway without ripping each other to shreds? How can I come into your city and you into mine? The earth is in flames with every major religious tradition hijacked by its right wing. There is there is an unprecedented absence of leadership right now. The language of peace isn't even making it to the History Channel. There's a kind of hush over the world.
situation in Donbass is becoming critical. And today I'm addressing you directly, not only to talk about what's happening, but also to inform you about the decisions we're making, about possible steps in this regard. Once again, I would like to underscore that Ukraine is not just a neighbor, neighboring country to us. It is an inherent part of our own history, culture, spiritual space. They are our comrades, relatives, not only colleagues, friends, but also our family, people we have blood and family ties with. Since ancient times, people from ancient southwestern Russian lands were called themselves, were calling themselves Russians and Orthodox. That was happening until 17th century when part of these territories rejoined the Russian Empire. When you're interrupted by a Russian grizzly bear, what you want to do is bring on the Ukrainian dancing. Riot Radio, I'm Reverend Billy. Let's call it what it is today. It's a war. Today's war, today's modern war, the extraction of life to make money. The victims of today's modern war are everywhere on the planet, you and me and everybody. A scale of violence we've never seen. The great extinction happens every 100 million years. That's war. Why is that war? Because it's being done on purpose. So let's say what it is. Name it with its name. War. War against all of us. War against life. Call it what it is. War. Don't call it climate change or natural disasters or one of those news phrases. Call it what it is. It's a war. Exxon Chase, BlackRock, Vanguard, UBS, British Petroleum. They all knew. They knew they could make a secret war. They knew that they could call it whatever they wanted to, and that we would buy that for 40, 50, 60 years. We wouldn't know it when we saw it. We wouldn't na name it with the right name. We would blame the natural world or some mysterious cycle of... Uh... And now we have this imitation World War II. The tanks and the infantry. Exxon and Chase must be so relieved. Now we won't call it what it is. 
Now the far greater violence will be missed completely. Russia and the U.S. are both petro-states at war, both of them, with you and me, with us, with life. Extraction of life for money. Extraction of life for money. Call it what it is. War. War. The big dirty secret, the everywhere war. Call it what it is. That is war. And if we call it what it is, that is the beginning of peace. Days with higher than normal temperatures during the summer in the United States saw increased rates of emergency room visits for mental health related conditions, including substance abuse, anxiety, stress, and depression. As days of extreme heat are expected to increase due to worsening climate change, the findings suggest a rise in mental health crises and demand for ER care nationally may occur in the years ahead. A new study looking at the presence of pharmaceuticals in the world's rivers found concentrations at potentially toxic levels in more than a quarter of the locations studied. The new study looked at 258 rivers across the globe, including the Thames in London and the Amazon in Brazil, to measure the presence of 61 pharmaceuticals. The research studied rivers in over half of the world's countries, with rivers in 36 of these countries having never previously been monitored for pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceutical pollution is contaminating water on every continent, and there are strong correlations between the socioeconomic status of a country and higher pollution of pharmaceuticals in its rivers. Researchers have identified a case of a sudden evolutionary change. In a new study, the scientists describe a population of columbine flowers that have lost their petals, including the characteristic nectar spurs. The finding adds weight to the idea that adaptation can occur in large jumps, rather than merely plodding along over extended time spans. An East African species of tick has adapted to survive without feeding for eight years. They also healthily reproduced long after the last male tick died. Asexual reproduction is quite rare in ticks. New research from the University of Southampton shows that the winter jet stream over the North Atlantic and Eurasia has increased its average speed by 8% to 132 miles per hour. The jet stream, which recently brought storms Dudley, Eunice, and Franklin to the UK, has also moved northwards by up to 330 kilometers. The findings relate to a 141-year period from 1871 to 2011. Jet streams are fast bands of air which flow around the globe at about 10,000 meters above Earth's surface. They have a significant influence on storm activity and temperature patterns across the northern hemisphere, which can impact the weather through strong winds and flooding events. This is the longest regional study of the northern hemisphere jet stream, and the trends observed are potential indicators of climate change. Local and indigenous communities warn of a significant decrease in the abundance of wild edible plants and mushrooms. Around the planet, some 7,000 wild plant and 2,000 wild mushroom species are used as food, providing diverse, healthy, and nutritious foods to local communities. The main drivers perceived to cause the decreasing abundance are land use changes triggered by agriculture, forestry, and infrastructure development, as well as over-harvesting, pollution, and climate change. A related study shows that knowledge of wild edible plants is differentially distributed across gender and life stages. 
Certain sets of knowledge about wild edible plants are acquired during adulthood, while other sets of knowledge are acquired very early, making children reliable knowledge holders, which challenges current understanding of knowledge distribution in small-scale societies. Wildfires in Argentina's north have continued to spread through the province of Corrientes, where officials said fires had devastated at least 9% of its territory. The flames are consuming about 74,000 acres a day in Corrientes and have destroyed almost 2 million acres to date. The mainly rural province of farms, ranches, and forests normally is characterized by abundant rain. Ethiopia began generating electricity from its mega dam on the Blue Nile this week, a milestone in the controversial multi-billion dollar project. The Grand Ethiopian Renaissance Dam, or GERD, is set to be the largest hydroelectric scheme in Africa, but has been at the center of a dispute with downstream nations Egypt and Sudan ever since work first began in 2011. The dam will double Ethiopia's current electricity output. The 475-foot-high structure straddles the Blue Nile in the Benishangul-Gumuz region of western Ethiopia, near the border with Sudan. Egypt, which depends on the Nile for about 97% of its irrigation and drinking water, sees it as an existential threat. Sudan hopes the project will regulate annual flooding, but fears its own dams could be harmed without agreement on the Gerrit's operation. An international team of scientists has found that modern rates of sea level rise began emerging in 1863 as the Industrial Age intensified, coinciding with evidence for early ocean warming and glacial melt. The study used a global database of sea level records spanning the last 2,000 years. Sea level rise is an important indicator of broader climate changes. Earlier this week, the sun erupted with a huge explosion, blasting solar particles millions of kilometers into space. The blast is the largest solar prominence eruption ever observed in a single image. Scientists attached tiny backpack-like tracking devices to five Australian magpies and discovered social behavior rarely seen in birds. Within just a few minutes of being outfitted with trackers, the magpies began showing evidence of cooperative rescue behavior to help each other remove the tracker. Magpies quickly solved the problem, and within hours, most of the trackers had been removed. By day three, even the dominant male of the group had its tracker successfully dismantled. In the past weeks, 1,036 beehives worth hundreds of thousands of dollars were reported stolen from orchards across the state of California. The largest heist involved 384 beehives that were taken from a field in Mendocino County. The yearly pollination of almond groves, the state's most lucrative crop, is thought to be the single largest pollination event on earth. A tightening supply of bees and soaring pollination fees, jumping from less than $50 to rent a hive two decades ago to as much as $230 per hive this year, are likely motivating beekeepers to wrestle hives under cover of night. Beekeepers are equipping hives with GPS trackers and special light-sensitive liquids to help identify their hives before they are left to die by the rustlers. Current water quality guidelines are not protecting freshwater ecosystems from increasing salt pollution due to road de-icing salts, agriculture fertilizers, and mining operations. Research shows that freshwater salinization triggers a massive loss of zooplankton and an increase in algae, even when levels are within the lowest thresholds established in Canada, the U.S., and throughout Europe. 
Russia has invaded Ukraine on multiple fronts. War is thought to cause more destruction and long-term damage to the Earth than any other human activity. And now, the sounds of extinction. War. Here, a brief recording of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It has begun. The storm has finally come. The water and the wind. Now it has begun. Is this some kind of war? The sea won't say a word. The weatherman's a bore. Now it has begun. The storm has finally come. My neighbor's in the street. It rushes like a stream. You're caught in it waist deep. What an energized retreat. You think you can compete. The hero's tragedy. Now it has begun. The storm has finally come. The drowning and the dead. Now it has begun. My breath is out of reach. Death makes its final speech. Did this storm come from me? Did this storm come from me? Now I know the truth. The waves break on the roof. Where is my higher ground? It's down there with my town. I'm praying round and round. Am 
running round and round. Now it has begun. The storm has finally come. The sea begins to speak. Turn, she says, face me. Now it has begun. Take me to the deep. Take me to the deep. Take me to the deep. Well, I'm, I'm here to ask you today about war and peace. Why don't we just say peace and war? War is always going on. Peace is elusive right now in the United States. We don't really have a peace movement. Yeah, one peace. I, let's start with peace. And I think peace, it's the same thing when you say like this person is at, at peace with himself or with herself. So meaning it, it's kind of, there's no like big scars, unsettled, unsolved business that kind of keeps that person out of peace. And I think the same thing can happen to a nation or let's leave national boundaries aside or a culture or group of people. So me, for example, I'm, I'm German. I live now for 20 years in the UK. So I've also assimilated to other cultures and gathered some understanding. And uh, I would say the Germans have learned a big lesson. They started two wars, had a bit of re-education with the help of the Allied forces and the US. And I think they learned a great deal from it. The whole movement of the 68ers really addressed what did our parents do? Oh, actually, some of them were Nazis. And they really looked back at the history and, and worked through the history. and through through you know the evils that happened and why did they happen and that's why i think the germans in some way are at peace with their history and with themselves now they get even criticism now for being too pacifist and not engaging maybe more in the conflict in ukraine and in other conflicts that criticism aside if you look at other nations, and let's take Britain and let's take America, I would say they are a more, what's the right word, bellious? Bello? Belligerent. Belligerent <laughs> cultures. They go in, okay, here our, you know, whatever it is, here democracy is endangered, all our oil reserves, and they go in and engage in a military conflict. The Germans now, since the Second World War, always shied away from that. Um, but I think you also maybe are more likely to do that if you're not at peace with your own culture. And in, in the UK, exactly. in, a, in the UK, it's, it's becoming very clearly, I I'm, I'm, hope I'm not kind of patronizing, condescending, but right now what we had with the colonial, colonial past of Britain, there was a long story of, uh, yeah, we had an empire, but, you know, we never did anything really bad. It was just all trade. And now things come out. Now now uh, statues are taken down of, of uh, slave traffickers. 
and uh, and then the anti-vokists come along it's like you can't just destroy all our history like where does that leave us and i said yeah where does that leaves you in a better place if you really address the wrongs that were done under the empire and there's a whole swathe of very conservative forces who really rally against that and they do not want to address that and i think uh, the americans probably um you know i'm um, i'm a guest yeah, i don't know everything but i think there's still things to address that this uh nation maybe was also you know formed on the back of a genocide on on the native americans your children's children from 2044 i am looking for a vacation in a come to the end now of our earth church during this time of invasion of war i'd like to thank shilpa narayan for singing the storm imo clink our friend from england by way of germany your wise words about about conflict and peace i'd like to thank savitri d news from the natural world and the sounds of extinction thank you again i'd like to thank our editor jason candler the stop shopping choir and the fiery eagles of justice for your music schmucks run the world you know that's the feeling we get when we look at the screen when we pick up the paper What are these people? They're a bunch of schoolyard bullies. But down here in the land of everyday life, our sorrow is real. 
My feelings today are for the Ukrainians, the bewildered children, the families on the highway to the border, and we're even mindful of the young Russian soldiers. And here at the Church of Stop Shopping, we believe that the earth is a living being with its own feelings. Here, as this invasion continues, we feel sorrow for all of life, and we wonder, does the earth have sorrow too? We think it does. Nothing's more violent than war for the earth and for us all. The horror of war reawakens in us. We carry it around all the time. A zombie history that cannot die. The earth carries the confusions of human history in its body. The glorious peace, the happiness, and the murders that keep repeating again and again. And so I just wish you the best this week. Give yourself a break. Keep breathing. Keep singing. Earthalluyah. This is Reverend Billy from Earth Riot Radio. Signing off now. Somebody give me an Earthalluyah. The eloquence of uh, Bill Talon, Reverend Billy. If you're uh, interested in, in what he has to say, and, and I, I find him mesmerizing, uh, RevBilly.com, RevBilly.com. Uh, and uh, they got a whole organization. It's, uh, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah, and I, um, I think like him about the bewildered children. You know, uh, those city, look at those cities in the Ukraine. They, they, they look like our cities. The people look like us. Uh, the, you know, they, they, they live the kind of uh, lives we live. <laughs> Some of them have purple hair, you know. I mean, it's like... <laughs> Freedom of expression. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're, they're uh, you know, you, you get that feeling, Kevin? I mean, you know, the, the, I, when I see them, you know, with the nose rings and the purple hair, I said, well, wow, that could be like the East Village, right? Uh, it could be. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the scary thing about it is that, uh, I mean... I guess it it could be anybody that uh, Putin's attacking, you know? I mean, crazy times we live in. Yeah, there we go. All right, anyway, uh, we're going to go to break uh, for the bewildered children. Here's Cat Stevens.
grass for your lorry loads pumping petrol gas and you make them long and you make them tough but they just go on and on and it seems that you can't get off I know we've come a long way We're changing day to day But tell me, why do the children play? It's great music that doesn't get in the way of your work. AM 1700 WRCR and WRCR.com. Weather. For tonight, a 30% chance of snow before 7 p.m. Otherwise, mostly cloudy during the early evening. Then gradual clearing with the low around 18 degrees, wind chill values between 0 and 5 degrees. As the winds will be, it'll be blustery out, so uh, winds could gust as high as 40 miles per hour. For Sunday, mostly sunny with a high near 35, wind chill values between 5 and 15 degrees. Winds could gust as high as 25 miles per hour. For Sunday night, partly cloudy with the low around 26. Better temperature on Monday with the mostly sunny sky and a high near 52 degrees. For Tuesday, partly sunny with a high near 59 degrees. And for Wednesday, mostly sunny with a high near 56. That's the weather forecast. I'm Kevin Thomas. Up-to-the-minute weather information is always available on the WRCR website. Day or night, when you want the weather, check our website at WRCR.com. And the current temperature is 30 degrees. Tough times with Lou Young. Welcome back here. Did you say 18 degrees, Kevin? Did I hear that? Uh, that's, <laughs> that's what the weatherman said. Oh, my Lord. All right, that's cold. That's cold. Ooh. 
All right, but you know we got the fifties coming up. It's 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 wacky weather. It goes mm -hmm. up and down. Yesterday was just terrific. I mean, yeah, it, was, it really yeah, was. You know, and, and and today it's cold, and tomorrow it's it's spring, it's winter, it's spring, it's winter. Who knows? So um, George Patanovic has been looking into uh, uh, what what you do. We talked about solar today, and and I, I want to leave you with with some with a path uh, uh, what you can do. By the way, if you want to call in 845-429-1700, 845-429-1700, call in, talk with us, let us know what you're thinking. Anyway, George, what do people uh, do if they, they're interested in solar and certainly interested in getting out from under these, um, these utility bills that are going up and up? Well, I did some looking into the NYSERDA website, uh, and, and for the listening audience, uh, it's spelled N-Y-S-E-R-D-A, and the website is nyserda.ny.gov uh, tremendous amount of information for uh, homeowners and small businesses uh, about the benefits of, of solar and other types of re renewable resources uh, and a lot of information and uh, I would consider that to be a really good uh, uh, resource uh, in addition also I think we should um, Annika's uh, organization the solar one it's it's uh, website is s-o-l-a-r-1 the number one dot org Annika Wister Jones who was our guest uh, Annika Wister yeah, Jones who was our, our guest uh, gives you know a lot of information about um, resources for people who live in multiple family homes uh, technical assistance for uh, nonprofits uh, low income uh, and how to determine best financing structures for how to take uh, best advantage of the programs that are out there through NYSERDA. So both of those sources, I think, could be a great uh, resource for people who want to check into it further. Um, if you want to do zone, uh, do uh, solar panels in your town, there might be some local zoning issues you have to be aware of, and I'm sure those companies that provide those services of installation would inform you about what was necessary uh, to make sure that you comply with local zoning uh, codes regarding uh, solar field or solar uh, installations. That's uh, fascinating. It's, the, the bottom line is it's real. It's real. We're talking about turning uh, sunlight into electricity. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it used to be pie in the sky. used to be kind of like uh, fringe. Um, but the cost of these uh, panels has gone down. Become more efficient. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's gone down 97% since those days years ago when, when Jimmy Carter put them on the roof of the White House mm -hmm. and, and Ronald Reagan pulled them out because, <laughs> he, you know, I mean, and, and because it was, uh, it was pie in the sky then. It was... Uh, uh, um, it was uh, aspirational, but the time is now. It's here. You can do it. You can do it if you want. And uh, and the the, the costs of them have come down uh, seventy percent in the last decade. And uh, they're uh, you know they're not. It's not nothing. But there's um, uh, you can do it. You can generate the electricity, and the battery uh, storage is beginning to catch up with it. So um, the idea is that you would. Uh, uh, collect the energy during the day, and you would use it, uh, you know, at night or whenever you need it. And uh, it's possible to um, come off the grid. I mean, not that, that that's the aim. You want to stay on the grid because you want to be able to use it if you can't generate electricity. And you want to be able to give it back to the grid uh, and, and, and get some credits for that. So that's, uh, that's what we're talking about, you know. Uh, it's interesting also that Peter McGirt, uh, who was on earlier, was mentioning how Con Ed gives a credit 
a better price uh, yeah. deduction for energy if you're going to recharge at night from 12 midnight to 8 o'clock in the morning. So yeah, Peter, there's a change in the way the system is operating. Yeah, I think that's P important to recognize. Peter McCart is the, is the um, uh, sustainability director over right. at Westchester. We're still w I'm still waiting for Rockland to get back to us. They, they said they're going to have somebody um, uh, come on and, and talk to us about that. They have a guy. They got a guy. Yeah. I got a guy. Hey, I got a guy. <laughs> I got a guy and there's a guy. You got a guy, Kevin? We like to hear what Rockland is doing. Yeah, we want to hear what Rockland is doing. Uh, we we have uh, George Holman uh, on a lot, who's um, uh, the uh, supervisor of uh, Clarkstown, which is about forty five percent of the population of uh, of Rockland County. I mean, it's it's you know it, it's a big chunk, uh, but uh, you know we want to hear about the rest of it too, and um, and you know there we go. Uh, uh, I I want to uh, play another song. Uh, I want, this one. This is what I've been waiting to play uh, uh, for a couple of weeks, but we never quite get to it. It's it's about the whole idea of of turning um, our natural resources uh, into into money, and and it's and how we look at 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 the planet around us, and 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 the way we've abused it, frankly, uh, and. Um, uh, how we're always looking on to the next thing. We always want a, a pristine surrounding, and then we show up and ruin it. You know. <laughs> so uh, I remember years ago I moved to Florida, and uh, uh, gosh, I moved to Florida uh, in 1971. Uh, you know, I was going to college, and uh, at the time, Florida had fewer people than the city of New York. It had about seven million plus people, and uh, people were saying that all the northerners were coming down there were were ruining it. And uh, they were kind of right. <laughs> it isn't what it used to be. And uh, it's still pretty nice, uh, except in the summertime. Anyway, uh, this is, uh, these are the Eagles, uh, the last resort.
There is no more new frontier. We have got to make it here. Don Henley and the Eagles from Hotel California. They're taking us on a little trip from Providence, Rhode Island, to Colorado, to California, and ultimately Hawaii. Call someplace paradise and kiss it goodbye. That uh, song always gets me. You know, anyway, you know, uh, I don't want to bring everybody down, but, you know, I'm feeling a little... Uh, little introspective today, you know. Next week, uh, we're going to talk about uh, burning trash. Uh, in Westchester, they burn the trash. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize that. There's a thing called the Wheelabrator, which is in Peekskill, and right on the river there. And uh, Well, not right on the river, but it's fairly close to it. And it, uh, it burns trash, and it, it makes some electricity, but uh, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, not the cleanest solution to that and there are folks who uh think it really uh developed some uh health issues and uh and the uh smoke from it doesn't know enough to stay in westchester it blows <laughs> right over <laughs> right over the river to rockland it goes up to elsie it goes wherever it wants and uh you know there's a, an issue there what do you do with the trash and uh and is burning it a good thing you know you can't landfill it anymore um, that's not a great uh, solution, and uh, maybe the idea is that we're making too much trash. In any event, that's next week on the 19th, and we'll also have uh, folks on talking about uh, more passive home construction, how to tighten up your home to uh, make it use a less, uh, less electricity. So, um, And a lot of that passive home construction, um, they build it, they build these things, they retrofit the home or they uh, build them from scratch, and all the uh, rooftops are designed to receive uh, solar panels, which brings us back to what we were talking about today. Because here's the deal, folks. you got to do uh, everything all at once, and we got to start yesterday because uh, the time is, uh, is uh, about to run out and uh, the clock is ticking. Uh, they keep talking about 3 degrees centigrade will bring us to the tipping point, tipping point being uh, where something happens where... Um, you're not going to be able to recall it because it'll trigger other things. Like uh, one of the things it could trigger, the tipping point, would be uh, the um, thawing of the permafrost. And uh, up in, uh, in uh, Upper Canada and uh, in Siberia. And that permafrost uh, traps a lot of methane gas. And methane gas is uh, 80 times um, more efficient at trapping, uh, trapping uh, heat than carbon dioxide. And once that happens, there isn't nothing we can do about it. And then uh, we just go on for the ride of uh, <laughs> the ride to oblivion. It could be a, it could be a, quite the um, quite the apocalyptic uh, cinematic event. So, uh, in any event, that's uh, that's what we're talking about here. That's next week, and uh, we will uh, be back every week after that. And uh, with our music, with our commentary, with Reverend Billy and the Church of Stop Shopping. Uh, with George Patanovic stepping in once in a while. George, thanks for coming in today, man. Okay, you're welcome. Happy to be here. With Kevin Thomas on the board. On the board. All right. It's Siddiqui St. George and Gary who uh, calls in periodically. The uh, And, uh, you know, it is uh, <laughs> a pleasure, a pleasure to uh, help you arrive at the conclusion that uh, there's something we can do to save this planet. Uh, and uh, you just be aware. That's all we want to talk about. Because, folks, these are tough times. This is Tough Times with Lou Young. 
WRCR, WRCR.com. Also podcasts on Spotify. And we'll see you next week, folks.